0: Polywana Podcast is a collection of stories, opinions, and perspectives about polyamory and the polyamorous lifestyle. The voices you hear, including the hosts, offer their subjective interpretations and don't intend to convince you or shame you. We're just letting you into our vulnerable and complicated little worlds for half an hour. Hi, I'm your host, Britt Vosicek, and I'm going to interdo- introduce my co host, David Corelli. Say hi, David. Hi, David. Okay, that's well. an old joke.
1: I should not do that.
0: No, I'm glad you did, actually. That's a good way to set the tone for the show. <laughs> How are you, David?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm going to be fine. I'm so tired.
1: <laughs> that's that's just kind of a constant. Everyone exists in a perpetual state mm-hmm. of exhaustion.
0: Exactly. Exhaustion. Um, so let's get just, just delve into your experience with polyamory. Um, and I like every guest to define what polyamory means for them before we even move forward because everyone's definition is so different
1: that is helpful you get you know as many definitions of of polyamory as you have the practice uh i like to lean rather heavily on the latin root so uh, multiple loves um that's, that's so
0: romantic it is multiple it's loves. literally
1: the romantic language so i'm glad you picked up on that
0: oh god i hate you
1: i know you do <laughs> I can't immediately think of the word for many hates, but I'm sure you could subscribe (laughs) to that lifestyle as well. Uh, And I know a lot of people object to the term polyamory uh, because it mixes Greek and Latin roots, Um, but it's kind of a non-issue, I think, because anyone who's that picky about language probably can't find anyone to love them.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good way to put it.
1: Also, if you use the word automobile, you're already mixing Greek and Latin roots. But uh, I bring. That I'd like
0: up. to believe, and I'm sorry to interrupt, that there is a specific conversation that you've had with someone that like made you so angry that you were like automobile, like
1: come it, on. This may or may not have been the case at one point. <laughs> but so that's the defining moment to me of what makes it different from something like an open relationship, mm-hmm. uh, where people are generally free to sexually explore other partners and develop other interpersonal relationships. I, I define polyamory as the point, not necessarily where you are saying uh, that you're in love with multiple people, but where you are open to that uh, from yourself or from your partner. So that's what I define as polyamory as opposed to other types of ethical non-monogamy.
0: Mm-hmm. Being like capable and having that expectation. That's a really good way to put it. So what does your polyamorous lifestyle look like right now? What do your relationships look like?
1: My relationships right now are I am happily married. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also have a girlfriend. My wife has a boyfriend. And uh, she and I are both free to, outside of those relationships, pursue other interests, whether it be further relationships, whether it just be sexual relationships. Um, Of course, you know, time and energy constraints (laughs) may mean that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. But uh, the freedom... Uh, have that available is very important to both of us.
0: That's interesting. That's or all big... four
1: of us, depending on all how th- broadly you want to define this. All
0: four of us. Yeah, that's like the perfect scenario. I feel not in everyone's mind, but that to me is what like a stereotypical like poly marriage looks like. Is like the two people are married and then they both have a partner outside of the marriage.
1: Well, it's important whether you're saying that they both have a partner or they each have a partner. Oh my god. Because a lot of people pursue triads. Oh, the reason that I attack people who are pedantic about language is because it takes one to know one.
0: <laughs> That's true. When you were saying that they probably couldn't find anyone to love them anyway, I was like, This guy has two women like <laughs> and he's sitting here like
1: <laughs> There's an exception that proves every rule.
0: <laughs> yeah, David, you're the exception, sure.
1: I don't have two women by the way. I'm involved with two women. A human being can't own another. That is one of the basic tenets.
0: That's true, especially a polyamory. So that freedom that you describe when you talk about pursuing outside relationships from your spouse and uh, your girlfriend, is that permission beforehand-based? Is that something that just comes as it goes? or
1: There's not a, a formal system in place
0: mm-hmm.
1: of, you know, you must ask permission before doing something, uh, Obviously, for logistical reasons, and when it comes to dates and things, it's going to involve like, "Hey,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, we didn't have any plans Thursday, did we?" I'd like to go do this, and so everyone else can, you know, plan their lives accordingly. But at least in our case, and that's not necessarily the case for every polyamorous relationship, it's not uh, strictly permission based. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of a as a courtesy, you let the other people know what's going on with you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was recently talking to a man that I was seeing that's in a marriage, and they have like a 100% like no check-in kind of thing. And so they only really know about dates when they're like, oh, there's this girl I'm seeing. And it's like a few weeks later, which I mean is fine, but to me it seems so chaotic. And I feel like just, I mean, the relationship that you have with your wife, I know just because I know you personally, is super healthy um, so anything that David says, like write it down, it's gold because his relationship is like polygols, like a hundred percent all the way around. Um, including your marriage, what makes, what makes it different for you? Um, in the context of your relationship, you've been with your wife for a super long time.
1: A very long time. Yes.
0: Yeah. Long, long time. Uh, and so what was the journey like? Because you started monogamous, right?
1: Yes. We started in a monogamous relationship. Uh, it was... A very long and a very slow journey. It was very much kind of you know, wading into the pool as opposed to jumping in. Um, uh, a few years into our relationship, we decided that uh, we were comfortable with pursuing other sexual options, uh, just because we, you know, had met each other relatively young, and so our experiences were somewhat limited at that point. Mm-hmm. So we uh, decided that we were open to other sexual relationships. Uh, And actually, uh, in the beginning, it wasn't really sexual relationships. It was other sexual pursuits. So uh, we would occasionally, and actually relatively rarely in the beginning, sleep with someone else, but not form a lasting sexual relationship with that person. Uh, And then... A few more years pass, and we decide that uh, we can form sexual relationships where we have regular partners outside of each other. And
0: uh, Would that be where you consider the polyamory starting, or would you consider the polyamory starting when it was sexual pursuits? Just by your definition. actually,
1: I wouldn't by my definition, I wouldn't consider the polyamory starting until even later.
0: We haven't even got to that part of the story yet, then, no.
1: have we? Uh, It was a couple of years ago, actually, that uh, we decided to that not only are sexual relationships uh, acceptable, but just as sort of the intimacy that can be built during those. You can't tell someone not to fall in love. I mean, you can, but it's futile. They mm-hmm. will or they won't. And so when we decided that we could form actual uh, romantic relationships outside of each other, that's when I defined us as having become polyamorous. Uh, Before that, I considered us to be in an open relationship.
0: So we know a lot of people that aren't out of the closet. What do you think makes it difficult for people... To be expressive about polyamory, there are a lot of like standard like, ooh, it's gross, like stop having multiple dicks in your vagina. But like, I do try
1: to not have multiple dicks in my vagina (laughs) at any given time. It's, it's, uh, you know, I don't have many principles, but I stick to them.
0: Yeah, you're a stronger man than I in that case. Uh, But there's there's the dirty sex thing. What are what do you feel from your personal perspective of polyamory makes it difficult?
1: It's, just, it's it's viewed as a deviant lifestyle. It's the sort of thing that can uh, earn you the scorn of your peers and especially if, you know, based in Texas, which is a right to work state mm-hmm. where they can just tell you, no, you, you have to get out, you're fired. And there's, you know, laws against discrimination, but that can be very difficult to prove. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, in a general down economy Which would be like, no, it was complete coincidence That we learned one day that they had this lifestyle we don't approve of Then the next there were budget cuts
0: mm-hmm. Which is very similar to how um, homosexuality, you know, was for a long time
1: Yes, uh, there are definitely some parallels to be drawn there um, I've kind of gone to that well of metaphor many times There's also uh, the issue of children is a... Is a big deal. Uh, polyamorous relationships that have children involved, even uh, when the children are in a relatively normal, uh, you know, heteronormative lifestyle, with just their parents happen to see other people. Uh, if there's a divorce, that can lose a parent access to their children just because of the fact that they engage in multiple consensual adult relationships with the full knowledge and consent of all parties involved that can make a court decide that they are unfit to see their children.
0: Yeah, that's something that gets mentioned a lot and that scares me a little. Because to me, and maybe it's just because I'm in my little, like, hit part of town bubble, but to me it doesn't seem like it would be that drastic. But I guess there are people that really go through that and really have to deal with, you know, like if my boss in the field I work in knew that I was polyamorous, I don't think it would change a lot. But also I'm not married. So it's different when people look at a normal married couple and then they now they see everything differently they're like now they see it as uh, unethical, even though it 's one hundred percent ethical
1: because now it's an institution you know mm-hmm. if, if someone's in multiple uh, premarriage relationships it's just it's rather similar to dating a lot of times uh, people are very comfortable with the idea of not necessarily dating someone exclusively, maybe they're not comfortable with it on their own, but mm-hmm. they they're very familiar with it as a thing that happens. Uh, even if, you know, by their definition It's like, okay, but by the fourth date You really should, you know Have someone picked out But once once you introduce marriage to the equation uh, That that kind of makes people question it Because it, it
0: it calls into question Some of the ideas of marriage Yeah, that one person for the rest of your life and Which, then you trust uh, the in my
1: case, was the scariest part of marriage uh, I probably would have dragged my feet a lot longer If... I mm-hmm. I knew that it was a commitment to one person and one person only, whereas, you know, you remove that restriction. It's like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to be with this person forever. Like, there might be other passengers along the way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I feel the same way. I don't know if I could even be in a marriage that wasn't poly. Like I love that romantic, you know, and I got married when I was very young, I'm separated now, but that to me was like, because it was so difficult for me to be monogamous, I like had to prove that to myself. So I think, you know, the idea to, of polyamory is still so new to me and I'm so young, I have and I haven't gotten a divorce yet. Like considering marriage down the line, like that's not even something I think about that often, but it's scary. Even though I know that I would want to be in a polyamorous marriage, just knowing that the way that people would look at that, you know, unfairly. But and I mean in the polyamorous community, that's like the holy mecca is to be able to to have your to have your healthy, you know, relationships all work out in the way that you want them to without judgment.
1: And there are a lot of people in the community uh that are opposed to marriage. So even within polyamory, there are people who don't like the idea of because at least legally you can't be married to several partners. Uh, A lot of people are opposed to the idea of the relationship hierarchy where you have a primary partner and other partners are secondary and they don't like the idea of making somebody automatically less than. So when they see other people in the community doing that, uh, it, it makes them feel like, well, you're not truly polyamorous. You're just like monogamous plus.
0: I wish the listeners at home could see David's face when he said that because he totally embodied a hippie. And it was the best. You're not truly polyamorous. And like flowers came out of his ears.
1: I grew a beard in those few seconds. It was rather impressive.
0: It was really quick. (laughs) And now it's gone. Yeah, I do agree. Uh, And I think that's something that's going to be interesting to explore as the show goes on. Is all the intricacies of what people disagree with and agree with and strive for within polyamory. It's a whole nother like geodome of... Of what relationships should look like and be, whereas in monogamy, like you got like maybe an open relationship is kind of an option. But in poly, like because there are so many variables, like they it like you know shits out a bunch of different kinds of results that can mean relationships that look like you know a rainbow, just a bunch of different kinds of people.
1: Good use of geodome.
0: Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to use words that are um, Roman and Latin or whatever. <laughs> Is that a thing? Is it Roman and Latin? (laughs) Probably not. Uh, What you mentioned before, uh, I'd like to touch back on when you were talking about how before marriage, couples, um, individuals date around a lot, uh, and it's not considered unethical. Uh, And I I was wondering if maybe you probably have a a more developed opinion of this than me about safe sex in the poly community versus uh, in the monogamous community.
1: Well, it's... uh... It's really, I think, an issue of people who are uh, openly aware of what's going on in their kind of sexual circles. So there are people who identify as monogamous but will be dating several people at a time and just say, well, I'm not in a serious relationship with anyone right now, so I'm allowed to have these casual relationships with other people or one-night stands. And ideally, they are very uh, aware of their sexual health and precautions that need to be taken and uh, in the polyamory community, I feel like the stakes are higher because a bad decision on your part uh, can very negatively affect a whole web of people. So uh, there's, I think, because of those higher stakes, you get some people being more careful, especially um, in a monogamous relationship. Uh, you know, theoretically, if you go into a perfect monogamous relationship where everyone's completely faithful, uh, if no one brought any. You know, sexually transmitted infections, is that what the I stands
0: for? STI, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: if no one brought anything in, then theoretically nothing should migrate in, except by way of public toilet seat. Um, but I do That's the uncomfortable splash of a public toilet seat. <laughs> but, uh, and so there's, there's an idea of less exposure, and so if something does happen, if there's a dalliance or something, then... You know, suddenly you've got a doctor's appointment to explain and some lab bills that you're going to have to scurry away. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't buy into the uh, idea that a lot of people in the polyamorous community have of being... Uh, there's a there's a superiority complex I see in a lot of people that really bothers me.
0: Uh, in reference to safe sex for poly people? Uh,
1: polyamory in general, one of the things that is generally hit on is like, oh, well, you know, monogamous... People are much more likely to contract STIs and expose their partners to them, whereas polyamorous people are much more cognizant of their sexual health. And I think that, by necessity, people who are having sex with multiple partners are thinking about that more and do have to be more careful and will exercise more caution. But I, I don't like the implicit assumption that you know a monogamous couple will cheat and will introduce these things into the relationship. Uh, because I don't think that's the case. I think there are definitely monogamous relationships that are faithful, that don't cheat, that don't rely on people other than their partner. I said before that I, I go to the well of the, uh, the like a metaphor with homosexuality a lot. Uh, the way I see it, it, polyamory is kind of like an orientation. And so if you grow up in a repressed community... You might be gay and not know it, and just you haven't been exposed to that idea. And so there might be people, you know, in, in less progressive communities who are polyamorous, who aren't really compatible deep down with the idea of sticking with one person forever, but that's not been brought forward to them as an option. But just like how you can grow up in a progressive community where you know all about homosexuality, and you know, maybe in your community there's no taboo associated with it. Even with all of that, you might end up just being straight mm-hmm. so I believe that there are people out there that are oriented as monogamous, and that 's great mm-hmm. they've found what works for them. all they need to do is find another partner who is monogamy oriented and as long as you know they 're both dedicated to that, I believe it works as opposed to. You know, one person being wired for monogamy and another not necessarily being wired for monogamy, but not really being exposed to the idea that uh, monogamy isn't the only option.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do think that's an important thing that, and I've seen it with most polyamorous people that I've met, is that there is no no shaming against monogamy. No one thinks like, oh, everyone's... Well, some people do, but... <laughs> Does that say, unfortunately, it's,
1: I don't bring this up out of pure theoretical yeah. debate. Some,
0: some people do think that, that polyamory is, you know, the way that humans as a whole are biologically wired. But I think that maybe just because I'm in that bubble, most of the polyamorous people I've been exposed to 100% believe that there's a polyamorous orientation, Um, or a lifestyle preference, even if it's not an orientation and monogamy is like a perfectly valid lifestyle. Like if you can find one person, fuck one person and like stay with that person forever, like that's, and that's what you want, then like, that's fine. And I think a lot of polyamorous.
1: Good for, good for people. Yeah. Finding their happiness wherever that happens to be.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I don't, I do think there is kind of this uppity, like, um, poly thing from polyamorous people, but also like, it's hard to be poly. So I think like little victories make me feel good about (laughs) it. Uh, But I don't think any less of monogamy, you know, it's just a lifestyle that I don't think is for everyone. And I think exposing people to polyamory and maybe helping them reach out of that oppressive community is a huge part of, not just defining what polyamory is in the context of, like, millennials and uh, millennial sex and and safe sex and stuff, but really just so that polyamorous people have kind of a perspective from other polyamorous people about how they feel about what it means and where it comes from.
1: Yes, because uh, the danger of any small community is becoming an echo chamber, and so Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is a fantastic way to kind of get different voices in and, and, you know, maybe something will be said on the show that someone... In the polyamory community Disagrees with so vehemently They'll want to come on as a guest
0: Exactly And
1: that way we can get all those perspectives in
0: Yeah We don't want to be
1: dedicated to just one of anything Including viewpoints
0: Exactly Yeah And I 100% I feel I am so wishy-washy with my opinions about Not only relationships But myself And so I don't think I'll ever have One set perception Of life And everything else But particularly polyamory because there's so many ways you can do it. And there are a lot of things that I want as a person, emotionally. But, you know, when you start throwing in, like, vocabulary and, like, structures that you want to pursue, like, things become so complicated, it's hard for me to be like, I don't like that about Polly. You know, it's just like, I don't, I'm not feeling that right now. Like, maybe if I knew more about it or maybe if I tried it, you know. Like, triads, like, can't do it. Triads is when there's three people. And yes, all three like... people are all in
1: a relationship with each other, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to like a hinge arrangement where one person is in a relationship with two other people, but those two people are not romantically involved.
0: The hinge, I like. I well, like a good hinge. It's,
1: it's a much it's a much lower energy state.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: It's I and I love, by the way, the uh, how much polyamorous terminology draws on chemistry.
0: Uh-huh, uh huh. I love okay. the term
1: polycule.
0: Tell me to describe more. describe your
1: relationship status, because, uh, you know, it, just like a chemical diagram, you can have, like, okay, well, there's a very strong bond between these two atoms, and uh, there's an equally strong bond between these two. There's a weaker bond here, and overhead, over on this side, there's, you know, some free electrons that can pair and unpair as they wish. I've, I've got a bit of a chemistry background, so... <laughs> and a lot of the terminology, too, so uh, I don't know what you've already covered in the 101 episode, but have you talked about metamors?
0: Uh, no, we didn't do any definitions. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was more just, it was talking about the uh, Poly 101 meeting. That's uh, what it was talking okay. about. Uh-huh. And the uh, support group.
1: Well, there is a term uh, called metamors, which describes in that hinge relationship, the two people who are not in a relationship with each other, uh, but because you know, they're both in a relationship with the same person, there's going to be an interaction. There is an interpersonal relationship there. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Even if it's not, like, romantic boyfriend-girlfriend, it's like, we know each other as, yes. like, this, and this is the point at which we know each other.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and just chemically speaking, uh, there there are things that can be uh, para-bonded on, uh, like, a benzene ring, and if you get one removed from that, is it it is a meta-bond. So
0: Oh, interesting. So...
1: You have your paramour, and then when there's a person who's one removed, it becomes your metamour.
0: I had no idea the relation. That's so fun. How fun and cute. <laughs> a little polychemistry.
1: And uh, I, I say that because like, a, a three-atom ring is generally a very high-energy uh, configuration that can be difficult to upkeep. Uh, some people have a lot of success with it.
0: <laughs> I like the way you said that. Well, you know, some people can We all have our preferences. That's true. Yeah. I think I just, such a low libido and, but I also don't like to shame any kind of lifestyle. I would love to have a polycule episode where we have like a whole polycule on and just to watch like the chemistry. Hey, (laughs) hey, the chemistry of like all of the people interacting in the same place, preferably in a polycule where it's like, um, like a triad where they all interact rather than like kind of like a meta thing. But Metamorphs are pretty interesting too
1: i mean if we look i'm sure we can find a complicated enough polycule that's a triad plus yeah some members of the triad are also seeing people outside of the triad who might also be seeing people
0: Mm -hmm. and and just have like a last dinner's table of like (laughs) all these hello and
1: welcome our 43 guests
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's also fun in the within the community just the small group of people that i think you and i both know just draw lines Like, of how people know each other and the friendships and the metamors and the previously, you know. And everyone is just, to me, it's fascinating how everyone can, um, not always, but most of the time, have, like, a genuine just love, like just and you and your wife, I think are a great example of that people that are polyamorous and this isn't inherent, but I have just noticed that, uh, they have the ability to have like very good friendship loves and very good, um, like commitment to things, you know, uh, what do you think Polly has done for your life outside of your relationships?
1: Um, it's a good question right now. I'm really just kind of glad listeners can't see me blush.
0: Oh, uh, so uh, you know, yeah. you know, you and your, oh my gosh, your wedding, they <laughs> got married. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, spoiler alert from some, for some listeners out there. Uh, my wife and I did get married um, uh, and all, that of David, that happened.
0: all of David's friends and all of her friends. That's all that anyone was saying was that you were just, and even people that didn't even know at that point. Uh, whether or not, you know, and you know, whether or not your immediate family or your extended family knew, but it's just everyone that was there knew that and pointed that out, whether it was during a toast or to me personally, just talking smack about the wedding. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Just like little wedding gossip. Like that was the number one thing that people said was you guys are so unconditionally loving.
1: Um, I, it's hard to kind of define it from the, from the inside, you know, it's Mm -hmm. That's just how we've related to people for a long time, so...
0: Do you think that that... Is that a predisposition that maybe made it easier for Polly? Or do you think that that was something that came?
1: Um, I would I would say that was definitely a predisposition, and it probably did make things easier for Polly. Um, I think the only thing that maybe polyamory has affected is uh, just how we display affection for some of our friends. There's it's a lot... Uh, you know, there's a lot of touch. There's a lot of, you know, friends that just casually kiss, like, as a greeting.
0: Mm-hmm. I love platonic kissing. It's very European. I love it. It makes me feel so cultured. <laughs> it does. I've always been that kind of person. And then when I go to, like, a poly meeting or meet up, I'm like, hello, everybody. I'm going to kiss all of you.
1: She says that when she arrives. It happens.
0: Yeah, uh-huh, I say it just like that. I tell them what's about to happen so that I know that they are consensual. All these kisses are about to be consented to. So, do you have a message for normies, people that aren't polyamorous that are listening to this podcast right now? Like, what the fuck are these people doing? What would be like your message to them if you have one?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm, I'm totally comfortable with the term normies. Like there's no like all of the things I've heard. Like I've heard normies. There's muggles. Uh, okay, muggles. Which is a bit of fun. Like because it's like polyamory friendship is magic. Um,
0: <laughs> vanilla, but, which I guess more is like
1: v- yeah. vanilla is more of a, a kink definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just for the monogamous people that might be listening, uh,
0: normies. I'm not even that tied to it, but, like, I you just... You just like opposing me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, would say I just want to fight.
1: <laughs> you're, you're, you're polyhaterous. <laughs> I, my message is just that it's out there. It's not for everybody. Uh, if you think it might be for you, I would encourage you to explore it uh, theoretically at first. Uh, if you are single and looking to explore it, or if you're in a relationship that you're looking to open up, Uh The more information that you're armed with, the better, and if you have a partner, if you have people you're involved with, tons and tons and tons of open and active communication, because you're going to need that not just for the transition, but for all of the relationships that are to follow, because there's kind of a set amount of rules for monogamy there. Certain assumptions that you can both enter the relationship with and you're going to be
0: mostly right. And they've been written, you know, for a long time and not changed often.
1: But, you know, as we've hit, there's so many different ways to do polyamory and so many different levels. And polyamory means so many different things to so many different people. Uh, It means that you've got to have not a long conversation about it, but a series of long conversations. A perpetual conversation. That only ends when one or more of you is dead.
0: One or more of you is dead. Yeah, you're exactly right. Well it's still till
1: death do we do we part, just a much larger we
0: <laughs> To death do we and also you you and I and then also we and you know when we part. But that's cute. You can like leave them a metamore, right? Uh, I think on that that death, I think that's how we're gonna leave it.
1: It's generally a good note to end on, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but okay, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, Please don't. I would like to thank my co-host for introducing himself to Polywanna Podcast, David Corelli. I'd like to thank Year Zero Podcast, which you can find uh, on SoundCloud by searching Year Zero Podcast uh, for sponsoring the podcast and being one of the best podcasts out there. Uh, Probably second to us. Just kidding. Uh, and keep an eye out if you'd like to email us at polywantapodcast at gmail.com for any questions you have we'd love to answer them on the show or if you have any stories or unique perspectives uh, we would love to share that stuff with you Um, so please give us a shout out and you can follow us at polywantpodcast um, on the twitters so thanks for joining us have a good day bye bye everyone Mocking bird network. <laughs>